This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Black and white and weird all over, bonus episode, 8 centimeter. The following is part of our special series of page-by-page journeys through black and white and weird all over, the lost photographs of Weird Al Yankovic, 1983 through 1986, with the author, John Bermuda Schwartz. Today, we will explore Chapter 5, The Polka Party Mixing Session. Make sure to grab your book right now so you can follow along with us. Oh, and be careful not to get a nasty paper cut. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Welcome back. We are joined by John Bermuda Schwartz, the photographer and author of Black and White and Weird All Over, The Lost Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic, 1983 through 1986. We are going page by page, picture by picture through his book. And we are now on chapter five, the Polka Party Mixing Session on September 13th, 1986 in Santa Monica. Welcome back, Bermuda. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right. So uh, if everyone will open up their book to chapter five, we'll get started. And we see a picture of Weird Al on the telephone in a KZZP tank top. Yes. This uh, this chapter is, is, should have been called the KZZP uh, tank top <laughs> chapter as opposed to the, the polka party mixing session. It was indeed at the polka party mixing session, but... Uh, you you won't really see uh, any mixing or other uh, musical stuff going on. This is really a chapter full of photos and Al in that shirt. Oh, I'm sorry, and also Rick Derringer in that shirt, the KZZP shirt. There's there's a, this is an important chapter not because they're great pictures of Al in a KZZP shirt, but because it was because he's wearing that shirt and and that I spoke to the person that gave him the shirt, trying to find out why he was wearing the shirt, which, by the way, he didn't really remember either. <laughs> but that's the guy that came up with the title Very of the book. Cool. Oh, so I'll start, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, KCZP uh, was a radio station in Phoenix, Arizona, a very highly rated station, and a station that back in the day, back in the uh, 70s, sorry, back in the 80s when back in the 90s when uh, a program director could, uh, you know, pick and choose the songs that they played. You know, they, they, you know when a station had an identity and, and had a certain flavor because of the songs they played, even if they were all off the same top 40 chart, you know, the frequency and the specific songs that got played defined a station and how popular it was. The more popular station, the more listeners. More listeners, the more advertisers wanted to be part of it. The more advertisers that were there, the more you could charge them uh to put their ads on the on the radio, which is how radio makes money, uh, TV as well, uh, the the web as well. So, the the station, the program director was a guy named Guy Zapolian, and again, very uh, all the stations across the country looked at, uh, you know, looked at what they were doing because they just they had incredible ratings, and the format was uh, called CHR, which was Contemporary Hit Radio. I don't know if that's still a current name for things. Uh, but that was one of, which is essentially top 40 radio. So I wanted to find out how it happens. Of course, of course, I asked Al, didn't remember, 
how it happens, you know, why I was there taking <laughs> pictures. And these are the only pictures I took uh, of him wearing that shirt. And also Rick had a shirt as, as well. He had a KCZP shirt as well. Mm. And how it happens, you know, what the deal was. Why, why did I take those pictures? Because I didn't remember. And I don't know if I ever did anything with them. I, I didn't have any prints of those. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? I, I know a guy that worked at the station who's a friend of ours, friend of Al's, friend of mine. And uh, his name is uh, Mark Jonathan Davis. Now, Mark had worked with uh, uh, Jonathan Brandmeyer out of Chicago, came out of KZCP, had a show there. Uh, Mark worked with him there. Uh, a bunch of, they, they would interview all the stars that came through to play Phoenix. I mean, you, you think of Phoenix as like Phoenix, well, you know, it's hot. It's like, well, Phoenix is like the fifth or sixth largest city in the country. I mean, right. it's a major, it's a major city. It's not just some, it's not yeah. like, you know, El Paso, <laughs> Texas. Not, not saying El Paso is a bad place. It's just, you know, when you think of a, a big city, you think of Houston. You know, you don't think of El Paso or San, you know, San Antonio or, you know, something like that. So, and they also ran, I believe they ran the Dr. Demento show, uh, whose, you know, show was syndicated. And uh, so what, what I could get out of Mark was, who didn't quite remember what the deal was, you know, 40 years later, whatever it was, 30 years later, uh, but he says, you know, Al and the doctor came out to promote something around this date in 1986, which is about two weeks before I took these pictures uh, of Al in, in the KCCP shirts. So what we surmised and put together and are putting out there, because there's nobody to say otherwise, is that Al and the doctor uh, got some t-shirts, got some swag when they were at KCCP, and... Uh, I was down at the studio a couple of weeks later, and uh, Al had had the shirt and brought another shirt, I guess, for Rick to wear. And the idea being, I would take pictures of them uh, wearing the shirts, wearing the swag, to send back to the station, so they could, you know, put them up on the wall. Hey, here's Weird Al and Rick Derringer with their mm, KZZP okay. shirts. So that that's probably the reason I took the pictures. Now, but that's not the end of the story about Mark. So. And Mark came out, and he worked on K-Rock here in L.A., and did, did uh, he's, he writes comedy stuff. Uh, Mark also uh, is, is Richard Cheese. Richard <laughs> Cheese and his band is Lounge Against the Machine. And he does yeah. <laughs> lounge versions, a great, really good, he's quite a good singer, really good lounge versions of, of like, metal songs and alternative songs. <laughs> And, you know, they're a little profanely laden. I mean, whether that was in the right. original song or not, you know. And so it's not, not always safe for work. But really good stuff. I've gone to see him a couple of times, in fact, play live here in L.A. He's really good. He's got a, you know, decent following. Puts out a lot of products. Has had Al do a couple of things with him. And uh, I actually just recorded something with him recently. I played Washboard on a, uh, on a uh, Metallica <laughs> wow. song. I won't tell you which one. That that is oh, cool. <laughs> uh, is recorded and is going to come out um, soon. He just put an album out in the last month or so, and it didn't make it on there, but it will be on the next album, which is due, uh, I think, the second Very half of twenty twenty one. So uh, it'll be out there, and I'm playing Washboard on it. It's like the only session I've done in the, in the last five years. So pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, so so in talking to Mark and trying to get some information about this, you know, I told him I said, well, you know, I'm I'm working on this book. And I'm just trying to explain what's going on because I don't remember and Al doesn't remember what the deal is with the shirts. And that's the only pictures I have 
and they're nice enough pictures, but I, I don't know, there must be some story. And, uh, you know, so that's what I got from him. But I, I explained, you know, about the book, and he says, I already had a title for the book. I had a title four years ago for this book. But he said, you know, not knowing that, he said, you know, hey, if you need a title for your book, you know, I'll, uh, you know, you, you can use this. You can use black and white and weird all over. Feel, <laughs> feel free to use that if you don't have a title. I said, uh, yeah, well, you know, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted. And, you know, one, I was mad because it was already a better title than mine. But, but uh, you know, the title had not been finalized yet. Now, the original title of the book, the original title I had was It Don't Matter If They're Black and White, which I thought was, again, you got the Michael Jackson tie-in, you got right. the black and white tie-in. Uh, it's sort of a clever, you know, it's a book of black and white photos, you know, in a, in a color world. You know, It don't matter if they're black and white. I thought that was funny. And then the subtitle was something like, you know, unseen photos from the camera of John Bermuda Schwartz. So all of this was sort of, you know, in the back of my mind. And, and uh, you know, I, I signed a contract with the publisher, and you know, which didn't really have any of those kind of details. It was just like we will move forward with you know, the <laughs> book, you know, until further, you know, right. until it is named, you know. And when it came time to present the title I had in mind, the publisher said, well, you know, the, the Michael Jackson thing, you know, I get the, I get the reference, you know, circa 1992. You know, it's a little a little outdated, maybe. I, thought, I said, well, the fans will probably get it. He says, well, yeah, but, you know, and then there's all this other renewed business about Michael and, and you know, the whole Neverland thing is coming back up again and maybe not, you know, maybe not the best time to put Michael's, you know, a, a Michael reference out there, you know, you know, despite the entire Edith chapter, you know, right. can't get around that. But you know, let's not put it on the cover, you know. Let's not garner a single bad review, you know, that Bermuda wasn't smart enough to stay out of Michael's way. You know, <laughs> when when even Al, you know, and and Al to his credit, you know, we nixed Edith and Fat in the show for the same reason. I mean, we just they just sort of now it would have been fine enough to say those songs are 30 plus right. years old anyway you know we have a lot of other things in the meantime sure. but he those were deliberately cut from the show so i mean even al was on board it hadn't even occurred to me that it might be a problem but i thought you know what you're right he says you know not only that you know and, and in your your subtitle you know unseen photos you know so nowhere do you mention weird al <laughs> you know you why why don't you mention al let's put al's name somewhere in there so if someone's looking around searching Amazon or something for Weird Al, the book will come up. You know, maybe they'll buy a book. You know, and I had it not even occurred to me to put because I thought I would just sort of direct market to Al's fans and I would just tell them and they would know and and you know I didn't I didn't imagine anybody would stumble upon the book. You know, I thought well I'll just I'll find my audience and I'll tell them, and that that'll be good enough, right? Well, you know they were right. You know, so black and white and weird all over. You got the black and white in there. You got weird in there. The lost photographs of Weird Al Yankovic. You got Weird Al in there again. You know, you you tell them lost photo. You got photos in there. You got black and white. You know, it really all all the all the key words. Let's see. I wonder if there's any Weird Al photos in black and white. You know, somebody types in and guess guess what comes up. You know, the the book, right? So so they were absolutely right. I didn't I didn't see or foresee or you know I or or engineer any of that. You know, the, the title, The Black and White and Weird All Over, was Mark Jonathan Davis, and, and uh, The Lost Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic was from the publisher. And arguably, inarguably, 
unrelentlessly better than mine. <laughs> so uh, that's that, again, thank you to, to Mark for the uh, idea for the book title. But uh, keep an eye out, keep an ear out for uh, this Metallica song. I can't tell you which one. It's hilarious. I, I really like the treatment that he gives to a lot of things. This is this is particularly oh, hilarious. Awesome. And, and and well done. It's really, it's really well done, and the washboard fits, <laughs> and and it's just I didn't I didn't sort of hear it in the beginning, and it, it's like no no here's you know here's the idea and here's what I want, and, and we we worked on it separately you know uh, uh, right. you know remotely, and I recorded the part here and sent it off to him, and and uh, it it should be on the, the next cool. album, you know and uh, you know here's a guy that's released a lot more albums than Al. In right. like half the time, but he's got mm. a lot of material. He's got a lot of source material. So uh, anyway, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Mark Jonathan Davis as Richard Cheese on Lounge Against the Machine, featuring John Bermuda Schwartz on Washboard. <laughs> but uh, but back to the chapter. So KZZP. So I I guess presumably I I had some photos printed. I don't have any copies of them other than what was on the contact sheet. I, I never had any copies. So if anything was done with these, they were done specifically for the station and sent to them and nobody on this end, you know, kept okay. any prints. I had the negatives, of course. But so this is the first time these are being seen, uh, you know, by, by any of us, really. And it's a, you know, being being sort of a one-trick pony, being Al in this shirt, it's a mercifully <laughs> short chapter of... Of Al wearing the shirt, one of them, a couple of pictures, he's got a, a shirt on his head, uh, probably the other tank top that that uh, Rick put on later. And, uh, you know, rare that that Rick mugs for the camera or, or takes pictures. But uh, at the end of this chapter, you have a, a two-page photo of, of Al and Rick in their KZZP shirts. At uh, the Scotty Brothers Studio at Santa Monica Sound Recorders, in uh, probably on the hallway hey, where all spoilers. the spoilers are. Get spoiled the chapter. Oh, I'm just skipping ahead. You know, it's, we uh, haven't sorry. gotten there yet. Everyone, now everyone's gonna tune out. Did I say Rick? I I, I meant Al. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Let's take a step back here because the last chapter we went over was the Eat It video, and that was, of course, off of Weird Al Yankovic in 3D. And now we've jumped ahead to the Polka Party mixing session. What happened to the Dare to be Stupid album? Are there any black and white photos from the Dare to be Stupid era? No, not one. <laughs> not a single stinking black and white photo. Not one. Do you have any idea why you would have picked up the black and white camera specifically for Al and this KZZP shirt? No, because it was a nice, colorful shirt. I mean, it was a black shirt, and the KZZP, as I recall, was red and, and you know, probably red, orange, yellow. It was been a very colorful photo op. Hmm. Don't know. Hmm. Don't know. Don't remember. I figured, well, you know, they're just sitting around. We'll put them in a book. We'll <laughs> give them their own chapter, and we'll pr- pretend like they're important. No, they are important. You know, I just, they're, those were the only photos I shot that day, though. And And hmm. honestly, and these aren't all of them. I mean, there's like four more. With him in the shirt, and it was—I think the thinking was, you know what? There, we got enough photos of him in that shirt. <laughs> there's, there's no need to put two more pages of those. I mean, and they're funny—they're—they're they're nice photos of Al and the shirt, but uh, there wasn't anything else I shot that day. So, 
So it's a little mis- bit of a misnomer. The polka party mixing sessions, cool. We're going to see people with party hats and noisemakers and and you know and, and Al twiddling the knobs on the board, you know, while listening to the songs. It's like no, it's not really any of that. He's just posing in the shirt, and uh, you know, hopefully, I hope if I didn't send the photos, I hope KCCP is not mad at me for for taking pictures and not sending. I hope they don't think Al's ungrateful, you know, if in case he didn't personally thank them for the shirts. But I, but that's it was strictly a photo op, and you know for the shirts and uh, why black and white and not color? I don't know why. Where was I with the camera when we shot Dare to Be Stupid with the color, with the black and white? I don't know. I just I kind of went blank for about a year and a half there, uh, well, two years. Speaking actually. to this first photo, we've heard about Al. We've heard about the shirt. What about this Michigan hat? Do you have any information on that? Uh, no, <laughs> I, do, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he got that from KCCP, but, uh, no, I, I don't, uh, that was just the hat du jour, whatever hat he wore that yeah, day. Nowadays we see Al kind of with the floppy hat, but did he wear a lot of baseball caps back in the day? Um, no, I mean, he had some, but not, no, there's pictures of him with other different kind of hats on, uh. Don't know why it wasn't sunny in the studio. He wasn't trying to keep the sun off his face. He wasn't. His hair wasn't so long that he had to keep his hair out of his eyes. Um, he wasn't in disguise. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he just wore a hat. Maybe he didn't uh, wash his hair. Maybe his hair was messed up, and you know, he just thought, well, rather than have all this stuff stick out of the top of my head, I'll just put a hat on and be fashionable about it. I I don't know. You can ask Al, but I I, I suspect he will have forgotten. In other words, when I asked him about the KZZP shirt, he didn't say, gee, I don't remember the shirt, but I had this great Michigan hat that I picked up when we were in Flint one time. I paid four ninety eight for it. And, and, you know, at this truck stop, we were, you know, at four in the morning. He probably would remember the hat. He probably still has the hat. Much to uh, Suzanne's dismay. Right. Uh, yes. yes. Well, flipping the page, we have some more pictures of Al in the shirt. Oh, wow. Now, if you look at the left picture, Al is wearing the KCZP yes. shirt. <laughs> he has a similar shirt on his head. Uh, if you go to the right photo, Al is also wearing a KZZP shirt with the same other shirt on his head and uh, some headphones over it singing into a mic. <laughs> now, this was just a mixing session, though, so he's not actually recording anything here. Uh, no, he would have yeah. been just mugging for the camera. <laughs> Oh, uh, now, except on the next page, we have Al with the KZZP shirt. So for a change, for a change of pace, you may if you flip the page, you get to see Al right. without another shirt on his head. See, now Shane and Desiree, when they edited, you know, they put the photos in order, they were smart enough to put the two shirt head photos together, and then the pages after that, the two Michigan hat photos together. Right. And the right-hand photo is... Is sort of a, you know, don't you think you've taken enough photos by now kind of a look. <laughs> Al was very good, very happy to, to smile or mug or whatever for the camera. I mean, he never he never actually said, you know, enough with the camera already. There are some pictures that look like he might be thinking that, but he never verbalized it. And, and being a very literal and obedient drummer, if he hadn't said anything, right. I would just keep doing it. Right. <laughs> Or if, or if he had said stop, I, I would have stopped or waited till he couldn't see me, you know, before I took more pictures. 
I would have taken some secret photos, and then they, those would have been published, <laughs> and then he could be mad at me all over. <laughs> Is it normal for you to be there for the mixing sessions? Were you specifically there to take pictures that day? I I uh, I would show up, you know, as much as I could uh, for for the mixes, just to sort of be there. Uh, I I you know had a cassette being recorded most of the time as things were being mixed. This is where I got some of the audio that was used on some of the teaser videos for the book because uh, I was just I was rolling tape as they were doing stuff in the studio. In fact, I've got the only copies of those things because they were on a cassette. All of the chatter, like in the Ricky video uh, teaser, uh, you know, you hear Al talking to Tress about the inflection on, you know, let me be in your show, let me be in your show, let me be in your show, you know, kind of going through that. That wasn't on tape. That was just a live conversation. Well, I have it on tape. I mean, I've got the only recording of it. So I was there, you know, getting those kind of things. I, I liked having alternate mixes of things. I liked getting copies of, of the songs with the count-off still on. I mean, once once they come out on a, on a you know, album or a CD, you know, you, you don't, they're all cleaned up and, they're, you know, there's no count-off, there's no nothing if... If the song is supposed to fade out, you know, it's faded out. You know, obviously when we record it, we can't fade it in real time. So I like to have recordings as those get played. I like to have, you know, like on the uh, on, on the studio, on the Chapter 3 video teaser, you hear the end of That Boy Could Dance. Well, on the record, it fades out. But on that video, you get to hear it actually go all the way to its end with this great <laughs> scream by Al. Well, you don't hear that on the record. Right. By the way, for those of, of the you who saw us on the uh, No Frills tour, the Vanity tour, and we played That Boy Could Dance, that's how we ended it in the studio mm-hmm. on stage. We did, we did without the scream. Uh, you know, we, we did that same, that same <laughs> ending uh, because it just, you know, it wasn't a written ending. We just sort of, you know, I guess we were playing it and we just all looked at each other realizing, okay, you know, that's, it will have been faded out by now. We have to stop playing at some point. And, and I did sort of a little funny drum pickup thing. And, you know, being working together as well as we did, we just all knew where to go from there. And, you know, Al being, being the funny guy let out this great <laughs> scream at the end while we were just sort of noodling. And, and you know, so that's, that's became what the ending was, you know, on, on tour. You know, uh, any yeah. song that faded out, if we played it live, we had to figure out an ending because we couldn't really fade in real time. That's very, right. very difficult on everyone. Flipping the page, we find ourselves all the way at the end of the chapter. Whoa, that was quick. But a great <laughs> this payoff. This is the photo you spoiled for us. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there, there are a bunch of the gold records, not Al's yet, but uh, a bunch of gold singles. And uh, you got Rick Derringer on the right, the guitar god Rick Derringer and Al's producer for the first Six albums, I believe. And uh, now Al, now now Rick is wearing that shirt that Al previously had on his head. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to get Al wearing the shirt, why not get Rick in there too? So again, I took I took these photos, and uh, I don't really know what became of them. You know, prior to being published last year, um, I don't know if I ever sent them to the station or not. I don't know that it would make sense to do so now. You know, I doubt if they're playing Al or Rick right. on the station. And if they want to see the pictures, they can always just go out and buy right. the book. Yep. 
So a, a mercifully short but suitably powerful chapter. <laughs> well, we see, you know, in the bottom row of the gold records, we see Scotty Brothers, but like I see right above Al, it says Atlantic. Were these just of Scotty Brothers artists on other labels? Possibly that, or more likely, uh, the, the Scotty Brothers, Tony and Ben Scotty, uh, also did promotion for for uh, a lot of, for other labels. I, they may have been involved oh, okay. in Atlantic, I'm not sure. But they did a lot of promotion. And so they, they would have gotten other uh, you know, awards for stuff okay. they worked on uh, that didn't that wasn't necessarily on their label. So hence hence the Atlantic. That's you know I hadn't really noticed that before, but that would be the reason. I'm trying to make out if I could see who the uh, who the artist is on that Scotty Brothers record. Can either of you make out? No, who that I is? can't. <laughs> A famous person once wrote that Atlantic record sucks. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. <laughs> you know, is there a song yeah i think a music video or <laughs> oh that oh, oh oh him oh yeah oh well <laughs> and ironically our last three recordings were atlantic recordings right <laughs> you know stuff stuff that was done with his name on it which i proudly have played on uh we we did uh well in 20 in 2018 Actually, I think they were all done uh, at the same time. Uh, we did, of course, the Hamilton Polka, and Jim, Steve, and I worked on that. And then uh, for uh, uh, Portugal, the man wanted Al to do uh, a remix of one of their songs. And I forget which one it was, but whatever it was, and Al had already begun to work on it, they said, oh, we meant the other <laughs> song. <laughs> Not It was right. fe- Feel It Still and, and uh, oh, I can't think the of the name of the other one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what, whichever one it was, it it was supposed to be. That wasn't what Al was given, or what he thought he was supposed to work on. And Al said, "Well, I've I've already done, I've already worked up the arrangement on on this other one." And they said, "Oh, well, we'll go ahead and do them both then." <laughs> so we ended up doing doing the two songs, and that was just me and Al, and. Uh, I think he brought in a horn player or something, and the rest of it was just sort of, the rest of it was built around their, their vocals right. and their track. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that was just the band was not involved in in those. But I mean, that was still, that was me and Al, and that was polkified <laughs> versions of, of their songs yep. with their vocals. <laughs> uh, so a ma- so they were mashups, they were mashups, but those are the last, uh, the last three things we did, and. Uh, yeah, all, all from Atlantic. So, if only they had seen this photo sooner, they maybe would have given permission for your pitiful, and then we wouldn't have white and nerdy. And who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which. Uh, you know, white and nerdy was was uh, not a no. bad thing either. <laughs> no. I, I mean that did. I think that was. Uh, I, I don't know if MTV was still running videos then, but I mean, I think it was a great video. It's still a, a yeah. fan favorite. It was a top 10 single on Billboard as well. <laughs> Woohoo! That's hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love your pitiful, I mean, I think it ended up working out in the end when you guys released yeah. White and Nerdy. That became such a big viral hit. Yeah. And not the first time something like that's happened and, and turned out to be you know, a, a, a better thing, a blessing in disguise. And uh, do you remember, 
a few years earlier, but about 14 years earlier when that yes. happened. Are we talking about... I'll tell you. Yeah, you're talking about the next Michael Jackson parody? Yes, exactly. So that... that uh, and, and looking back and looking, you know, not that Snack All White was, was a terrible song, but I, it could not have possibly been the hit, uh, you know, or gotten as much attention as yeah. Smells Like Nirvana. Uh, that's the reason Al went after Smells Like Nirvana is because Michael turned him down on uh, on Snack All Night for <laughs> Black and White. Black or white, sorry. No, black and white is my book. Black or white is the Michael song. <laughs> right. It don't matter if they're black and white, really. Right. It don't matter if they snack all night. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that that's uh, that happened, and that was that was uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, fortuitous for Al. It was much better for Al yeah. to. Uh, you know, to because sure. imagine yeah. imagine off the deep end, you know, having that cover and then Snack All Night was a single. People go, why is why is that cover on there? Why is the Nirvana parody cover on there? So so it was a good thing. It was it was a good thing that worked out. No, but that's that's true. So that was that was twice in a row where I think it worked out better that Al mm, moved on yeah. and, and uh, had had the better parody for it. And was uh, Chicken Pot Pie also considered to be on off the deep end as well? I would have to look and see what the date is on that. I, I, I guess, you know, we went through the rehearsal phase on that, and uh, there was an entire song. I mean, you didn't get to hear the whole thing at concert, but he had written and we had rehearsed the entire song, and uh, Paul, Paul turned him down on that, and so we did it in, in concert as we are wont to do, and uh, but not the not the whole song. We just you know it ended end up in the medley as as a lot of. Sometimes those turned down or, or other, you know, un, unrecorded songs end up, or songs that have been around for a while just get shoved in the medley because they have to mm-hmm. be represented. And, you know, we can't do a show of all the hits or we'd be up there for four hours. Uh, like like Springsteen. <laughs> Not that we would complain about that. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, probably all the old men up on the stage would complain about it. <laughs> four hours, my God. Anyway, we... Uh, Oh yeah, we're not playing for four hours. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you pay us. We're not doing four hours. <laughs> Chicken pot pie. Okay, so yeah, so so we do. I do have a rehearsal of us, a tape, a recording of us rehearsing that. But no, it never got recorded, and uh, only appears, you know, occasionally in, in uh, a bootleg of a live show, and right. only partially. <laughs> but I think you know what I I do think that might have been intended for off the deep end. Very cool. Thanks for going off the deep end with us a little bit for this chapter about Al and his shirt. We got a little extra nice fun discussion for the Polka Party Mixing Session, Chapter 5, of course. Bermuda, thanks again for joining us. And and next time, we will start with Chapter 6, the Living with a Hernia video shoot. So thanks for being here. You are welcome. I look forward. That's it for this episode. Be sure to join us on the next Black and White and Weird All Over Bonus Centimeter episode, episode 9 Centimeter, where we dive into Chapter 6, Living with a Hernia Video Shoot. If you have not already done so, be sure to check out and subscribe to our weekly podcast that covers the career, the life, and the universe of Weird Al Yankovic. 
brand new full inch episodes drop every Wednesday. Bonus episodes like this book series with John Bermuda Schwartz can drop at any time, but are always available first to our supporters at patreon.com slash 2000 inch. For everything about our podcast and incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. See you next time. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Black and white and weird all over bonus episode 870. Man, I'm good. You spend a half hour talking about six pictures. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't yeah. put all nine in. We'd still yeah. be talking. Yeah, been here all night. <laughs>